Welcome to the podcast that's dedicating to helping business owners to prepare for exit so that you can maximize value and exit on your terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast and is presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates Brownsort, and today I'm talking to Sasha from the Drovian Group. Welcome, Sasha. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Hey, uh, Sasha, why don't you start by just giving us a little bit of an intro to you and uh, how you ended up uh, working in the field you are. Daryl, many thanks for having me, first of all. Um, great podcast. I've listened to uh, many of the episodes you've done over the uh, the last few months. It's kept me entertained throughout the lockdown. Um, so ple- pleasure to be uh, joining you on here today. So a bit of background on myself. Uh, so part of uh, Jerovian Group, uh, we're a firm of predominantly financial planners and wealth managers, um, which is um, the kind of thing that we have predominantly sitting above the door is financial planning. Um, I've been I've been in the industry for a few years now. Um, I was um, like, I think like any, uh, any good story, I ended up stumbling into the profession to a degree. Um, I actually um, completed a degree in investment and financial risk management with a view to move into the investment um, investment management industry um, and ended up joining a firm of wealth managers. Um, at which point it took me about 12 months, 12 to 18 months to sort of decide that it was actually a long-term career for me um, because I never really wanted to be in, in financial planning specifically. But um, over time, I did conclude actually it is something that I do want to do. And um, I'm sort of grateful for uh, the uh, the initial, uh, the, the first job I had out of university. And since then, I've, I've sort of moved on and eventually um, found my home with Jerovian. Wow. So, so you fell into it and sort of studied related. Yep. And you mentioned a couple of terms there, which has got me thinking is to, you know, financial planning and, 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 and understanding your finances is something that business owners are encouraged to do all the time from a business perspective. And, and also some of them do some personal financial planning. But you, you mentioned, you know, financial planning, wealth management. Why don't we start with what is financial planning from the, the, the personal perspective? It, it's a term that's probably glossed over and, uh, and not widely understood. Yes, uh, great question, by the way. Uh, great starting point, because I think there's, there's, there are some misconceptions, whether it's, you know, what is a financial advisor? What is a financial planner? What is a wealth manager? So clearly we, we do different things. Um, there is overlap. Um, that's certainly the case. And we do work alongside some of the world leading wealth managers. Um, within, within our group, we do provide um, financial advice, which I always think of as the more transactional sort of elements of of the financial plan but financial planning itself really is is it's a process um that's how i see it it's an ongoing process that everyone has to do um not necessarily with the help of a professional um however um we can't shy away from the fact that the the world that we live in we're in a capitalist um uh, society whereby money is um um, I wanted to say the root of all evil, but the money is um, maybe that too. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe the money is 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 a means. It's a means to an end, and we all need to sort of pay attention to it and have some kind of plan in place, whether it needs to be professionally constructed and documented or whether it needs to be a loose thing. So, what do I mean by that? We we're all going to get to a point where, and we are at the point we're all going to become investors one day, whether we like it or not. Um, there's been a great deal of work done in this country with auto enrollment and pensions, whereby most people now going into employment are going to be enrolled into some kind of pension scheme, which will be ultimately invested. So that's that's the kind of the forced financial planning. Now, 
whether that's going to be enough or not to to get us to this sort of promised land of retirement what will this retirement look like for different people we don't know so that's where the financial planning comes in to a try and contextualize where are we today where are we looking to go and what steps need to be taken along the way in order for us to sort of achieve um, whatever it is that we're looking to achieve from that perspective so it is a very broad term um, i always say everybody everyone needs to engage with financial planning whether it be with their with their family or friends or w w whether it be with a professional financial planner um, but it is something that sort of permeates through um, our lives because of uh, because of the world that we live in and um, as i say we, we all need to do um, some financial planning at some point um, with business owners specifically um, so uh, Jerovian and I we do work with a with a great deal of entrepreneurs and, and businesses who are at different sort of stages of their of their lives both personally and within the businesses so we've got you know we've got guys coming through with um, startup scale-up companies we've got um, people who are been running businesses for a very very long time perhaps are looking to sort of uh, looking for a change or looking to exit and we've got we've got clients who are have just exited or are about to exit and they're going to have a sort of big uh, liquidity event um, and it, it at all different stages there there are different bits of planning that need to be done um, but we always sort of start with the overarching what is your life plan uh, and we try and sort of uh, work it down from there into financial planning and ultimately into financial advice which is the more of your sort of transactional nitty-gritty solution uh, end of things okay. hopefully that answered the question somewhat because it is a very broad topic so i'll try to summarize as much as i can there's a lot in there. So financial planning, it sounds like, is much like any other plan we have in life. So a plan is just going, hey, look, I've got some sort of vision, a picture of where I want to be at some point in the future. And we all know that the only way we're going to get there or have half a chance of getting there is if we map out the process or map out the journey. As business owners, we're, we're used to being told we need to do business planning. We're, we're used to being told we need a vision um, and, and, you know, Put the steps in place and even you know budgets and, and financial forecasts to get to where we want to go from year to year what you're suggesting if i understand is that financial planning is going hey let me understand how when i or how i want to be you know financially free and i guess what i mean by that is not have to work um but so work or or, or or, or some sort of labor and getting paid for labor is, becomes a choice rather than a financial requirement and then and the other thing that you mentioned which was was really interesting and i think is perhaps changing it in our in our current times is we talk about retirement you know historically we, we've hit 65 and and we're expected to retire you know i've been working with entrepreneurs for you know the last 25 odd years and you know and they they're not even aware, some of them, that there is a retirement age of 65. Some finish work and become financially independent because they sold their business for quite a windfall at 30-odd and then choose to go on and do something else and you know, start a new business or do something because they want to remain active and engaged. And others I've seen, I think you know, I've, I've had you know, guys in their 80s still working in the business. Now, some of them are just working in the business because that's what they choose to do and others are still running the business because they can't let it go. So I guess, you know, retirement is one notion and, and you know, maybe we just talk about, you know, what happens after this business, what happens in your next phase. That's and you've hit the nail on the head, and it's uh, the, the the term retirement. I mean, as you say, what what is retirement? 
Uh, one of the things we spend a lot of time with our clients when we talk about this sort of idea of life planning, uh, which sits above the strategy and the strategic financial planning, which then feeds into the financial advice. And as I say, the solution end of things, if we take the, if we can take the conversation up a couple of notches and say, well, let, let's try and contextualize what does that actually look like? Let's forget about the numbers for a minute. Um, you know, what, what, what does life look like after this this exit? You know, most um, most clients or most business owners that I've sort of uh, worked with over the years where there was an exit in mind whether it be three five or ten years down the line that's they become so fixated on that and they, they don't give very little thought as to what's going to happen afterwards you know how are you going to spend your time we're going to be running this business you know putting all our um, uh, all our hours into basically getting it off the ground, getting it through the various different stages um, to then eventually exit. And then overnight, that's kind of, that's taken off your plate. And then what, what happens from there? Um, are you then going to go and sit on a beach? No, because by that point, you're psychologically conditioned um, that you can't necessarily do that. So it's, it's trying to sort of um, help our clients create create some space for them to think freely, um, not necessarily in the money context initially, just try and get try and get the juices flowing as to what what might it look like? What does this when, when it plays out when we're in the promised land? What does that look like? Okay. Once, once we get to that point, and this is, this is talking about more so the vision. Um, it's, it's not an easy task to do with a client, especially in the early stages of the relationships, because typically they expect us to give them some kind of tax advice or investment advice or something like that, um, which is fine. Um, but trying to get them to think about what is their actual vision in terms of what does your life, what, what do you want your life to actually look like? Um, and then we can sort of start putting some of the building blocks in place uh, on the back of that, on the back of those sorts of exercises and conversations. So what does um, so, life look like and and how are we going to fund it well yeah uh, yeah that's i mean how are you going to fund it that's again that's where we're getting into the sort of core of the financial planning so what needs to happen between now and the exit a on the valuation and i know we've spoken before about um how, you know valuing a business and what happens if we don't necessarily get that valuation on exit so what what can we do to help ourselves to de-risk the plan along the way so there are things that we can do um other other things of the mechanics which i know um we, we don't need to get into the nitty-gritty um today necessarily but looking at some of the mechanics in terms of tax um, and, and legislation so all of these things are going to impact the end um the net amount you end up with or, or on the back of this sort of journey um but more more importantly for for us as a starting point we always try and sort of take the conversation up um up through the gears and sort of say okay well what do you actually want uh, you know what does it look like and it's a question that people very rarely ask themselves um but it's 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 always the starting point for us um i'm not saying we necessarily get the answer or we get to to even close to what what, what that looks like but at least we're making a start and we're creating this environment and space for our clients to think that way which then feeds into some of both their and our decision making process when when you know when we're making when we're putting together their sort of strategic plans and and making adjustments as we go along the way Okay, so we're talking about planning for the future. We're talking about having the finances and funding that, that plan for the future and, and that future being life after our, our current life or our current role, if you like. And then we've got, you know, because this is uh, the Exit Insights podcast, we're talking about business owners making their exit from their business. And we know that a lot of business owners have a lot of their net worth, their wealth tied up in the valuation of their business. And you know, a common um, scenario is in the business owner says, well, look, you know, I'll sell my business and then I'll sell my business for 
pick a number um, and they've always got this, this idea of a number in their head that they want to sell their business for and then that'll fund my, my next phase of life, whether that be retirement or what have you. And then I guess I get concerned because after talking to a lot of these businesses, that, that valuation is they, they take that valuation to a financial planner if they're, if they're working with one. And then they go, well, here, I'm going to do this. This I'm going to sell my business for, for X valuation. And then you know, we see the financial planner go, okay, no problem. And they put the financial plan based on that, that number. And I guess the concern is, is that when business owners haven't validated that valuation or they're thinking around the valuation or just how achievable it is or you know, what, what's the number to use in the planning after tax and you know, what difference can it make to do some tax planning and what have you. And I know you're not a tax planner, but I imagine and you know, that you guys get involved in, in tax planning and working with tax planners is part of the, the overall process. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, with uh, with a, perhaps maybe maybe with a degree of arrogance, we do, or, or I certainly think of myself. If we imagine an orchestra, uh, we sort of think of ourselves as the conductors because we do work, we do bridge that gap between the business and the personal with with our clients. So we do um, get to know them to a very intimate level um, whereby we do like to work with other advisors who don't necessarily focus on maybe some of the personal aspects of um, of the business owners lives whereas that that goes hand in hand with with what we do uh, and try to sort of make sure um, that whatever assumptions we're using that they are realistic so to to run with your example um, a lot of business owners the biggest if you look at their personal balance sheets the biggest thing on there there will normally be a property I'm, I'm generalizing here there'll be a property there'll be a mortgage there'll be a business there might be a couple of pensions and bits and bobs but by far the biggest asset that sits on there is the business okay so from our perspective we always like to work on the bigger picture with our clients so how can we then maximize that asset okay if, if that's the biggest asset that, that then becomes the biggest part of your financial plan and your strategy so how can we help you get to the valuation that you seek which is where we look to work with third parties such as as you say whether it be tax planners whether it be succession plus um, to make sure that the um, the valuation is a attainable and when we're constructing our plans and advice that we, we need to make sure that all those numbers are realistic um, on the back of that we always do question it uh, we take a cynical view uh, and a conservative view when constructing the plans both on things like the investment returns but also on the inputs um, you know as we've said you know in the past garbage in garbage out so we do need to make sure that what we're putting into the plan is at the highest quality possible albeit with a sort of caveat that they are assumptions um, and they are assumptions which is why financial planning is an ongoing process because it will change tax legislation will change the net number you might end up with net of tax will be different this year to what it was a couple of years ago as we know entrepreneurs relief for example was slashed um from from a 10 million annual allowance down to one so there's, there's one example that's in, that actually impacted some of my clients um so things will change so we always like to focus we spend a lot of time on the inputs into the plan because once we've got the inputs and we think okay well this is what we think you know this is what we really think is a realistic sort of uh, map roadmap going forward then we can start playing around with different scenarios and then stress testing each and every scenario okay so what if what if what if and then start start mapping out different scenarios to see how likely we are to actually achieve what we want to achieve with a sort of primary input being the goals the objectives the vision um, of, of that client and then the numbers kind of um, um, sort of work alongside that. Okay, so 
we've got the concept of planning. It's about getting some clarity around, you know, when I can afford, you know, can I afford to exit, you know. Um, so what are the downsides? If, if, if people, especially business owners, which is our focus, aren't getting the advice and doing some personal financial planning, whether with or without some help, what's the risk if they don't do it? What, what's the down, what's the motivating um, trigger? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, risk. Let, let's go with risk. Let's pick up on that uh, on, on that language. So, uh, the I always get a sense when working with with um, business owners that they because they've got a they've got a handle on the control of the business on a day to day basis. They generally feel that it's a low risk investment, if you will, of their time and and their financial resources. Um, even though they don't really view it as an investment because they typically have set it up uh, and built it from the ground up. So the risk is that it doesn't work out. Um, it's as simple as that. So if we are gunning for X valuation and we don't quite get it for whatever reason, there might be a change in, again, I go back to the legislation or the change in market sentiment and we don't get the, let's go with this nominal 10 million exits. If we get five, that's clearly going to have a huge detrimental impact on your financial plan because we've just slashed your biggest asset in half because of an external factor. Um, I think there is, um, with every business owner, I always get a sense that there's a, there's a healthy sense of fear of that. Um, always lurking in the background in terms of am I am I going to get this? Am I going to get this? Um, and it's a question of when we said earlier in terms of sort of putting some steps in place, getting into good money habits and sort of defining your relationship with money uh, and starting to build something outside of the business just to take some money off the table as we go uh, along the way to make sure that we are de-risk, which naturally is going to increase your probability um, of, of achieving, achieving whatever it is that you want to achieve, whether it be retirement, whether it be financial freedom, financial independence, uh, once we've actually defined what that looks like at the, at the sort of uh, at the beginning. Um, but that's, that's, I think, the biggest risk for me. The other thing um, is in line with this is just um, over-reliance on, on the asset itself, as I say. Um, and I've, I've had sort of clients in the past where they really need to make the exit work because they haven't got anything else. I think that's the biggest risk. And then you become overly reliant on something, which naturally in itself, that, that's pretty much the definition of risk. Yeah, so all your eggs in one basket. Exactly, that's where I was about to say. So it's mm -hmm. it's we want to spread the risk. So we've got our business is effectively a risk, um, and it's an investment, and and we mm -hmm. want to grow the value of that investment. And you know, I guess financial planners will, will often tell us that we need to spread the risk and 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 invest over a number of assets. So, and I guess the government is also encouraging us to invest in. I think there's you know pensions are, uh, are there's some tax effective or, or you know. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good opportunities there, um, and, and spread our risk into other investments. So, if for whatever reason something out of our control um, influences the valuation of our business, it's it's not um, yeah like we've uh, put everything on black. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that, and that's that's exactly it. That's a good way of mm -hmm. um, good way of explaining explaining it. Yeah, there are some opportunities to do planning with various things such as pension because they, they're, they're attractive from a tax perspective. But the one thing I always say is. 
whether you're a business owner or not, you should always be putting some money away and siphoning some money away, saving it away, getting it invested, getting it working for you. Um, now, as it happens, pensions happen to be the probably the best way to go for a lot of people because of the, the tax benefits to it. But we should be putting the motive behind putting money into the pension should be because we're building up this other nest egg that's going to start working for us, that's going to provide for us in the future, whether it be for our children or our retirement or whatever it might be. Uh, not necessarily, the motive shouldn't necessarily necessarily be the tax relief um, i just always like to stress that because we should be putting money away because we need to put this money away rather than we putting the money away because it's going to slash my corporation tax bill or we're going to get a load of tax relief on it uh, which is very good but again it's just getting the motives right and getting into the right habits regardless of what the tax position is yeah yeah you know, it's a good point and well made there Sasha. like we we don't want the tax tail wagging the dog um we we need to you know do whatever we do. And if there are incentives, fantastic. It's the most cost effective mm. way. That's yeah. uh, the, the second part of the choice. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. we've got business owners now where we've gone, look, I need to spread my risk. Um, I'm working towards, I know, I now know what I need to do to have my, my choice on whether I work or not. Um, can you, do you have any exposure or any feeling that uh, you notice when business owners, do they, they, they change differently from your perspective or show up differently once they realize that they are financially free, that in other words, they could stop working now if they wanted yeah. to, but the mindset shifts from, hey, from this point forward, I'm working because I want to. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, it, it's getting people to realize that is is quite difficult. It's uh, the reason I smile there because I've got a I've actually got a client uh, that's very recently come on board, and um, we, we sat down initially. We had a conversation, and the business has been doing incredibly well. Um, he kept telling me, you know, I don't really feel wealthy. I don't see necessarily the cash because he's been pumping loads of money back into the business so on the cash flow. Any money that's coming, they're making healthy profits, but it's all been piled back into the business. I said, yeah, I understand you're taking out the almost the bare minimum in terms of uh, salary and dividends to cover your own personal expenses, you know, mortgage, et cetera, children, bills, um, you know, the, the, whatever, whatever outgoings they've got personally to meet. Um, but the value is manifesting itself elsewhere, which is on the balance sheet. So the, the business valuation is going up and up and up and up. Um, and turning around and, and initially I just said, look, on, on rough numbers, if we look at the net profit, let's just apply a multiple to that number just, just for today. Right. Well, that's one of the first things I said to him. If, if we apply the multiple, if we uh, then invested this in a, in a low risk environment or lower medium type risk environment, just as a crude number, we assume a, a return. Um, or on our investment, if you were to sell the business, you could you could literally stop work, carry on as you are, and stop work tomorrow, assuming you can actually get someone to uh, to buy the business off you effectively. And he just looked at me. Uh, in fact, it's a couple. They looked at me and they just couldn't believe me. They said, no, I, "I can't," because they, they just didn't understand that they had so much value locked up within this asset. So it's trying to put some context around that. What does it mean if you've got a two, five, 10, 15 million business? What does that actually mean for your life? And a lot of the time people um, get stuck in working in the business a lot of the time. So we always try and get them to think about working on the business and growing it in the context of your you know, wider plans. Because that's, as we know, it's a bit more fun to, uh, to, to live that way rather than being stuck with a day-to-day -day, uh, in, in, in your business. Um, but it's trying to contextualize the numbers. Um, this is where you actually are. And that's part of the value, I think, of, of the planning process. Um, so um, hopefully that sort of answered the question. 
Yeah, so we've got business owners. It's something that I've noticed as well, Sasha, is, is a business owner, um, when when they know that they need to, they're dependent upon the business to, to generate an income, it guides the way they make decisions and take risks in their business strategy. So yeah. when they know they need the business, they're dependent on the business to survive, they're, they're often a little more conservative, they're a little more stressed around the decisions they make. And mm. I've noticed once they, you know, the business owners who, who yeah, invest outside of the business and spread their risk um, and reach a point where they know, you know, from their, their assets, you know, often outside of the business, but also inside the business, are reliable and secure that they don't need to work. It seems that there's something seems to switch you know, in their mind and it changes the way they show up as a leader in the business. Mm. They're, they're less stressed. They've got, you know, that stress isn't inside their body anymore. Um, and they seem to be a little more relaxed and, and, and quicker and better decision makers mm. in their business strategies and also the way they lead the business. So mm. the culture of the business changes as well. Um, and we all know, you know, you get the culture right, you get the, the leadership right, you get the strategies right, uh, the financial controls right, you end up with a better business and a more mm. profitable business in any case. So I've seen it where businesses actually have a noticeable step in their growth. It actually, you know, the, the irony of it, I guess, is that mm. it grows faster um, once they know they're, they're financially secure. Mm. Um, I, I couldn't agree more and you've hit that you've absolutely categorically hit the nail on the head there and one of the again one of the from, from my perspective what, what do we you know what's the biggest sort of value add is it you know is it the is it the investments is it the returns is it the tax planning is it yeah that all those things are very important but the biggest thing is this idea of um you know planning itself in any degree if you're going on a on a holiday if you plan a journey you plan a trip that's going to inject some certainty um and reduce stress because you've planned you you know we're going to we're going to go by car then we're going to get a plane we're going to do this and then that naturally injects a bit more certainty and peace of mind which then allows you to focus on some of the other things so similarly financial planning will be a bit more complex than planning a journey to you know to spain or, or wherever you go on holiday um it, it's it's a similar it's a similar uh, concept really if you think about it so it's just there's just a quite a few more inputs um and potential outputs so yeah i couldn't agree more uh i've noticed clients that they do they do change when they realize okay hang on a minute we're going to be okay we do some planning ultimately we've got enough here they then start looking at the business more objectively rather than emotionally uh, which in turn helps with their own decision making process both on a day-to-day -day basis within the business uh, but also on the sort of bigger picture when we when we say okay well we've got this we can actually run with it we can start making some pragmatic decisions um, that aren't necessarily going to be <coughs> um, sort of impacted by some of our you know emotional uh, drivers uh, because if you're as you say if you're reliant on this and you sort of um, it's the only thing that you've got in terms of generating income for you your family naturally that's going to impact how you actually view it and how you make the decisions about it yeah so I think where we're getting to is that the biggest value of going through the financial planning process is having some peace of mind in knowing that you know you're taking care of your future finances so that at some point you can stop work and yeah, if you if you start early enough, everything will be okay. <clears throat> and the big the big value add is knowing when you can do that. When when you are doing this because you want to, not because you have to, and yeah, that relieves a whole lot of stress.
Mm. Yeah, and one thing I just add to that is um, talking about sort of contextualizing decisions and putting some context around our actions. A lot of people are surprised, um, as I say, a bit like the example I used earlier, where you know we've got a business value that X amount. Uh, and people think, no, 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 I don't think, well, A, I don't think it's, that's the valuation. You think, well, it probably is. We can, you know, we can get a formal valuation and see. Um, but also the, what, what they can actually achieve with that on the back of it, you know, in terms of whether it be income generation. So we can replicate the income um, on, a, on a business with a lower sum of money than people necessarily think. Uh, and we can make that pot of money last longer, which goes into some of the financial advice pieces, which is more of the solution ends. Um, but I think that's that tends to be very eye-opening for people. Um, you know, clients, companies, I'm stressed, I'm running the business. I don't, all I want to do is have my house, have my holidays, have my, you know, children go through school. And I say, okay, well, I, I can give you that based on the value of the business today. And they kind of go, oh, I don't know, maybe I want something else. Uh, and this is the other point I just wanted to make as well before we move on, is that more recently I've seen the entrepreneurial types and they do tend to sort of, you know, have their exit, have their first exit, and then they do tend to want to go again. Uh, and it's building that into the plan. And I think that's been a theme across um, the clients that I've had. Uh, and it's just making sure that it all works with all the various other moving, moving uh, parts from, from a sort of personal perspective as well uh, as does just to make sure that the numbers are sort of adding up and stacking up. Yeah, it's a good point. Often they do want to go again and uh, because you know, business owners, they're, they're, they're often those, they're, they're forward thinking people. They're, they're visionary. They have a picture. And when they get a picture in their mind of something that needs to be done or changed, <clears throat> they can't help themselves but to run towards that and mm. go full steam. So if, mm. if we can <clears throat> keep the family um well looked after by the sounds of it. Make sure that everything's secure and then give them what's often their, their fun money, their, their pot of money to go and do it again. And, and this time it's done with a different energy um, because financially they're secure. There's no risk there or there's minimal risk. It's just purely mm. financial risk of um, you know, what they've got available to work with. And then they want to you know, test themselves and go again. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. So Sasha, look, We've covered a fair bit, but um, so how long does it take? Like how much how much time should someone allow for, for this process? When should they start planning? How much how long how much should they allow each year? You know, give mm. us some can you give us some guidelines there? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of I'm gonna give you a sweeping uh, answer. So when should you start financial planning? I mean, ideally, it's like anything. You know, you should start as early as possible. Uh, in fact, ideally, you should, someone should already have started that process before you're even born. Uh, but most people haven't. You know, financial education isn't exactly a hot topic on the curriculum, so most people um, just don't tend to do it because they're just simply unaware of it. So, yeah. I always say as early as possible, uh, whether it's a case of, you know, when we look at the looking at the wider strategy, uh, when you're setting up the business, you should, it starts there, really, in the context of a business, you're setting up the business, how are you structured, have you got a, have you thought about, you know, most people set up a business, a lot of people a bit, like I mentioned at the beginning, sort of stumble into being a business owner uh, and end up running a business for 20 years. Um, I think whether it be, I mean, I've got a few clients that got made redundant 10 years ago, before you know it, 10 years down the line, they've been running a business for 10 years and they're employing 30 staff, you know, um, it, they never sort of planned it. They never mapped it out to begin with. So what does it look like? So what, what sort of, are we looking at things like alphabet shares? Cause that will help, that will in, introduce a lot of flexibility into your financial planning. If we think about it on the way in, because 
these are the types of things that might be happening five, 10, 15 years down the line where this piece of planning, um, you know, we've allowed for some flexibility so we can actually move things around and change things just because we've sort of been thinking about it. Um, so yeah, as early as, early as possible as I, I would say, um, in terms of how long it takes, it really, that's very much client driven. Uh, some clients um, are very sort of um, certain about what they want. And I think that's the bit that takes the longest. Um, and a lot of the time we, we, we don't really know because it changes over time. So we take a client on board two, three years down the line, we may only by then get to the real answer, um, but we need to make a start. Um, delaying it is only going to make things worse. So I think as early as possible, the amount of time spent on it, um, I tend to take clients on, on, on a sort of journey of probably anything from four to five meetings um, in terms of trying to get to the end strategic plan, the initial strategic plan. Um, but some clients take a bit longer, some clients take a bit shorter. It just depends on how much thought they've already given to it um, and how complex the nature of, the, um, of their situation is. Okay, so it's the classic, isn't it? Like uh, you want to start planning ASAP and I mm. guess there's a whole lot of financial reasons around that mm. with compound growth and what have you. And from what, by the sounds of it, you know, once you've got things set up, minimal investment in time year on year? Yeah, I would say so. Once, so that I think I always, I always sort of like to think there's a there's a sort of large element of coaching in what we do. So let me let me give you an example. So you've got a client who hasn't done any financial planning. They've just been running their business. They've been building, 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 building. There's a big liquidity event. Let's go again with a ten million number. They've had they've had their money habits are nowhere near where they should be at that point because they haven't necessarily been doing anything with their money other than plowing it back into the business. All of a sudden, we've got ten million as a windfall on our balance sheet in cash, the net of tax. Let's just say so. The you look at the net worth of that client at that point is probably going to be. 10 and a half million because they would have had a property net of mortgage, uh, which would have been their, their main other main asset. So your net worth has gone effectively ignoring the business valuation throughout. It's gone from pretty much half a million to 10.5. And at that point, those are the kinds of people that you see going and perhaps doing something that another client who's built their wealth up over 20 years steadily, whereby they've maybe they haven't got a business or they've been employed and they've just built and built and built and built. Those types of clients tend to have better money habits than the, than the clients that end up with a big windfall at the back. And those clients, and I've got a, I've got a, if, if he watches this, there's one client that's sort of coming in on board at the moment. He's gone and bought an Aston Martin. So, and, uh, and that's the difference in terms of just getting into the right money habits over time, not necessarily the compounding growth effect, but more so just getting, getting, getting your relationship with money defined um, over time um, to, to, to then almost know how to behave with it in terms of maximizing the wealth, you know, moving forward. Uh, I'm not saying, um, you know, we shouldn't reward ourselves because that's ultimately what we work for. Um, but from, from a financial planning perspective, as I say, that's, that's really, I just wanted to make that point clear. It's not, not necessarily the compounding growth, which is very powerful, as we all know, uh, but it's more so just getting into the habits, getting, knowing how, to, how, how it works, how to behave with the money. Building the discipline, because we all know mm. business owners are going to celebrate and buy themselves some toys um, yeah. when things go well. Hey, okay, mm. Sasha, look, you've shared a lot of your insights today. I appreciate your time and, and sharing your thoughts with our community. Um, look, I guess there's, there's one, one question I ask everyone on the show, and that is what's your one tip or your top tip that you want people to remember um, this episode by? Yeah, uh, I think it's just focus. Uh, and again, 
uh, focus on strategy. So just sort of remove the blinkers and just think, what am I doing this for? Um, both on the financial planning side of things, normally the motives are a bit more transactional, whether it be an investment or a bit of tax or a bit of everything else. Just, just focus on what do you actually want to do, focus on the strategy and then put the building blocks in place rather than looking at each individual building block um, uh, to put in place. Because at the end of the day, unless you can zoom out, an architect is always going to draw the whole house. They're not going to start with a brick. They're going to draw the whole house and then you start you start going from there and just focus on that st strategic piece, I would say. That's overarching um, uh, everything else that then you end up doing on a more uh, mechanical level. Get the strategy right or the context and the details and plans will, will be a whole lot easier because you know where you're headed. That's yeah. great advice. Thanks for sharing today, Sasha. I uh, appreciate you, you sharing with us. Thanks, Aaron. Pleasure.